0: Ryan, you have to do a countdown because that's that's how that's we do everything. these now.
1: Yep. All right. <laughs> five, four, three,
0: two, one. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Dylan Abernathy, uh, and welcome to episode five of the Pixel Pusher Podcast. Along with me is my awesome co-host Ryan Levesque.
1: Hey, everyone.
0: Cool. And our awesome, awesome guest Somar. Hey.
1: <laughs> Wait, where does he get too awesome?
0: Uh, because he's, he's the guest, man. That's how we rope him in. Give him a little uh, sugar coating. Um, okay. So, cool. Okay. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a while, so we're all going to be a little bit rusty. Life's been getting kind of busy. Uh, small update on Ryan's end. He doesn't want me to talk about it, but uh, he's <laughs> oh, been busy with... Um... What have you been busy with, Ryan?
1: Uh, I've been working full-time, so Yes, I can't do much.
0: Congratulations, full-time, real-deal game artist, Ryan Levesque here. Remember
1: um, when we were both little students when we first started this, Dylan?
0: So long ago. Look at you guys. We've come so little far. Hell yeah! And now Somar's here to experience this transition with us. <laughs> um, <laughs> FYI, like going into this episode, uh, I've been sick for quite a while, so I'm going to be coughing. I'm sorry in advance. I'll try and edit that out. Um, but... We do have Somar here, Somar's a cool dude, he's working with me right now, Um, and the theme of this podcast is going to be big studio versus small studio, since uh, this guy's got some experience uh, with a bit of both of that. Um, So we kind of wanted to just sort of dive in and ask you off the bat, uh, what is the most enjoyable part of each of those situations?
2: Okay, um, I guess... At a smaller studio, you you usually have more artistic freedom, and you get to kind of do a lot of things outside of your like the main focus. For example, if you're an environment artist, you get to usually tackle all aspects of the env- environment. Whereas in a bigger studio, you're usually you know you're focused on one thing, like you just model or you just texture, um, or you just do the level art. Mm-hmm. so, in the smaller studio, that's definitely a really huge plus if that's what you like doing at a at a bigger studio the things I enjoy the most are probably like i guess learning like you you do learn a lot more at a bigger studio just be like uh just because there's a lot of veterans usually and it's like you can just ask people a lot of things like at a smaller studio maybe it's usually not as experienced as the bigger studio. So they may not have um really experienced artists. Sometimes they do, but um in my experience it's usually uh lesser experienced artists kind of figuring things out together.
0: Yeah. Did you also get like hardcore imposter syndrome when you moved over? What do you mean? Like I don't know the best way to describe it. More or less like you're surrounded by all these like super talented artists, these like senior artists and you're just like, "Oh my god, like I don't deserve oh, to yeah, be doing dude, the same yeah, work." I like like <laughs> I still do I
2: still feel like that. Like I feel like damn, everyone's so much better than me at this.
0: I know. And then you like step back and you're you're all doing pretty much the same stuff. Yeah. More or less. I know what you mean. I'm still like the exact same way. Um but cool then. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Um, This is kind of a cool setup because Ryan has experience in a smaller-ish studio, I have experience in a bit of a bigger studio, and you have both, Um, so I thought something we could do is kind of break down, because a lot of people from the outside immediately gravitate towards, oh, I want to be in a large studio, oh, I want to work on this big AAA game, but that's totally not the environment for everyone, Um, I was hoping we could kind of break down what sort of environment is best for what people like based on our experiences we should probably be able to outline that pretty well like when would a certain type of person jive better in a smaller studio would you say
2: hmm in a smaller studio i guess if you're like if you're right out of school it's a little less intimidating to join a smaller studio just because there's less people you have to deal with and like you can kind of form like really good bonds with people. And like I said before, like learn together and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Like at a bigger studio, it it gets really intimidating sometimes. And luckily, I haven't had this experience, but I I know some people who have, and it's like trying to make friends at a bigger studio can sometimes be hard. Um, Just because there's so many people and you meet so many people every day. You don't don't interact (laughs) with a lot of the same people all the time, so.
0: Yeah, my uh, like my first day was pretty much like I got introduced to like 70 people. And I'm just like, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, you're
1: like, I don't know I, anyone's how can name. I remember all these names? Yeah. My, my I first day got introduced <laughs> to seven people. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so see, like,
2: like there's the huge difference already. Like, like oh, totally. Like, yeah.
0: Uh, Yeah, and I guess, Ryan, you have um, like a very similar situation. Like, how was it for you going from school directly to the studio you're at right now?
1: Uh whenever I first started, like it was like I knew one person, uh he was a friend of mine before mm-hmm. and so I went in and I expected like all right, I'm st- stick with him, like talk with him, but literally the first day, like I didn't even have lunch with that man. I had lunch <laughs> with another coworker, <laughs> so yeah, it's like just going to school pretty much in terms of like meeting people you're in the smallish group uh it's as if you're with your classmates kind of
0: i still kind of get that vibe i don't know about you somar but it kind of feels just like a big college where it's like you have your groups you kind of stick with the same groups but like yeah it definitely feels like that
2: more so for me at a bigger studio i would say yeah like it feels like i'm just going to school and then lunchtime is (laughs) it's, uh,
1: (laughs) it's like high it's like high school so like, yeah. Uh, a little more. And for me, it's
2: like it's like more like a college setting than a high school. But okay. Yeah, you don't have to raise your hand to go to the washroom or anything. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but shit, Somar, we totally skipped over your um origin story. Where did you come from, man? What do you do? Oh,
2: um. Who
1: is Somar?
2: I. I went to college at George Brown and. I really wanted to make games i didn't know what i wanted to do per se like i think a lot of people have this mindset of i'm gonna be a concept artist because i like drawing so i'm gonna go to a game school so i did that i went to school and i realized i actually really like the production side more so like after concept art uh, in the game making pipeline so i realized i liked modeling and, and texturing things and actually implementing them in the game so uh, during school, that was my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, after school, it was kind of hard to find like full-time jobs and full-time employment. So I was bouncing around small contracts, many different studios. And over time, that, I guess that accumulated into like three years of experience. And now I'm finally at a bigger studio. So I guess that's my origin.
0: Nice. nice. Um, so why then? Why games? Why even go to school in the first place for it?
2: Um, well, games, cause that's just, I like, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself doing anything else. Like literally like that's all I wanted to do since maybe I was five or six years old. Like the first time I ever played a game, I knew right there and then that I wanted to be a part of that, uh, creation process, I guess. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like for me, there was just, that was just the one path. There was no other way. There's no other occupation for me that I can be interested in really. So I'm the kind of guy that, like, if I set a goal for myself, I try my best to accomplish it. So um, yeah, so I had that in my mind, and that's all I wanted to do. So that's the reason for games. And the reason I went to school is because I was really, like, I had no idea. I just knew I wanted to make games, but I had no idea how they're made or what the process was. So I thought going to school would be a good idea to learn. And yeah. yeah.
1: I honestly, I had the same thing. Like, I went into school. I'm like, oh, I want to be a game designer. I want to, like, be the brains behind making that stuff. Like, all that kind of stuff. But then I, like, started 3D modeling and, like, texturing. And I'm like, hey, I kind of like this stuff. Yeah. I I feel like a lot of people
2: have that kind of mindset where, like, they want to do something, and then they try, and they're like, oh, I want to do something else, but similar, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. That's
0: interesting because I, I mean, I don't think it's really a big secret at this point that I'm not super gung ho about school for game art. Um, I think it's good in a lot of areas, but it needs to pick up the slack in a lot of others. But the one universal sort of praise I hear from it is when people, yeah, they know they want to do games. They're not entirely sure what they want to do. Um, and then when they're sort of exposed to everything, it all sort of clicks and makes a bit more sense. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly would you recommend anything for people right now who are maybe just starting school or i even like there's some videos i posted a couple years ago where i'd always sort of do like a reflection or a look back on each year of school and those videos still get comments like every single week of people saying like oh do you recommend school or oh i'm in my first year what should i do like for people who are super interested and in the early stages of school like oh absolutely yeah what would you sort of say to them to sort of guide them a little bit better
2: I guess if you're really not sure what you want to do, I think school can be a good idea, mm-hmm. but if you really know what you want to do and you really have like this path set out for yourself and you're like, This is what I want to do, no matter what School may not be that great. I think a lot of the online things may be better, like if you're really good at keeping yourself motivated, I think school might not be as good, but if you like if you don't know what you want to do or if you if you kind of lack motivation to teach yourself like i know for me like i kind of don't like working on things unless i have to mm-hmm. <laughs> so oh. even though i'm really motivated like it's hard for me to just start learning something by myself you know mm-hmm. um so school would be good for that like it just kind of forcing you to you know you have an assignment so you better learn this
0: yeah it's like proper right. structure and especially yeah, yeah, exactly. if they, like, for for people who are coming right out of high school, it's like, dude, you're sometimes like seventeen years old. you have no old. idea
2: what, how to learn even. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Even sort of like had your your handheld forever.
2: Um, yeah, so if you enjoy that, then or that's something you need, then I think school can be good. But I do say, like, really research the program and even talk to some of the people who have graduated from that school in, in a program that you're looking at, hmm. because sometimes like the school may not be that great or like the curriculum may not be that great yeah so definitely always do your research like i didn't <laughs> i didn't really do that much research and some of the classes in my school were kind of iffy some of them were really great and i did learn a lot but yeah like some of them i wish i hadn't have even gone to to be honest <laughs> Yeah, same it's here. a waste of time you know yeah uh,
1: yeah i think everyone has those kinds of things they just wish they didn't spend any time on
0: it'll never be perfect (laughs) because it's so broad like you brought up before you thought you might even want to be doing concept art it's like
2: yeah exactly that's so like if you don't know what you're doing the broadness is good i would say it's good until you know what you want to do yeah so usually (laughs) i I guess on average it takes people like the first year to kind of know what they want Mm -hmm. yeah i could agree with that for me anyway it took like after the first year i knew okay this is what i want to do
1: yeah around there so
2: I think it's good to be broad in the first year, but when a program is still abroad all the way through until like you graduate, I think that's really bad like program design or curriculum design, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I can agree with that.
0: Hmm. I still I always find it interesting because there's these people out there and they're asking, like, oh, I don't know what I want to do. Um, and, yeah, school's a good option for that, but it's also you can find these things online to at least get a taste for it. Um, Yeah,
1: but sometimes it's like you run into the issue of not knowing where to look. Like I feel like people listening to this right now, they already kind of know they want some form of environment art, right? But like, like I, I, I'm assuming someone is in the same was in the same situation as me, like coming out of coming out of high school. I'm like, oh, games, that's what I want to do. Thing is, how do I do it? So I go to school to figure out how to do it.
2: Yeah, exactly.
1: Culture like at least in Canada, and I'm assuming it's the same in the U.S. uh, They're like, oh, you want to figure out how to do this job? You go to school for it. Yeah. Right? So I go to school, and then that's when I figure out the different ways to get into the industry.
0: See, that's why um, I'm not going to name drop right now, but there's a certain guy that we were both introduced to. He's pretty good with foliage. Uh, That should be obvious (laughs) enough who it (laughs) is. Yeah. This guy is super interesting because he's all self-taught um, and done stuff online to sort of get his information as well. But he makes incredible looking foliage and he signed up for the same program as us and immediately knew right away like, oh, this is not it. Like this is not yeah. like he already knows what he wants to do. It's not going to help him out. So we dropped exactly. out of it. And that's interesting because I want to see like in my mind, I have no doubt that he'll find work with his current skill set. Um but i'd love to sort of get him on here at some point and like fully break that down like how did yeah. that all click um
2: yeah.
1: yeah i'm sure we could set something up with him
2: another another plus for school actually is all the connections you make mm-hmm. like for example some of the people that work with us uh, right now dylan um they the reason they have that job is because they knew people who already worked there or like uh, one of the professors at their school also worked there, mm-hmm. so like making connections at school is a lot easier than if you're you know learning at home by yourself.
0: Oh, for sure, it's it's that is true. Yeah. Like it's not impossible, but it's such a massive helping hand. I um there's this old podcast that I used to watch. I think it's kind of gone under since, but it was like the original game art podcast that I used to listen to. Um, you can still find it pretty easily. It's called the Character Art Podcast. Um, and it's all like the big character art juggernauts in the industry because there really aren't that many, um, like character artists, such a niche, small job. Um, so it was maybe like six or seven episodes and they'd always talk about it. And one of the people was explaining how she, um, she went to school and it helped her, but she kind of didn't like that feeling of kind of like, I'm paying to sort of get this, this social, like, extra bonus i guess you know what i mean i don't know if that makes sense yeah no
2: it definitely makes sense like but i mean that's just the way it is you know
0: (laughs) yeah like for me it's just like i like it's whatever you earned it like if you're going out and you're meeting people like like for me that's totally fair game but i can see why some people don't like that
1: (laughs) well i feel like uh in like small studios as well uh well actually also big studios but And particularly small studios, you're all like kind of tight knit, you know, everyone. One person could leave, move on, and go to a different studio, right? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you have connections at that studio. So you don't necessarily need, like, sure, like going to school helps getting connections and getting the connections for that first job. But also, like, that's another plus of small studio because like i'm trying to segue us back into the small studio (laughs) big studio topic because we're talking about school i know i know it always comes
0: up every single time
1: yeah uh, anyways yeah so small studio like let's say i know jim uh, uh, jim bob that's his name uh i work with him we have lunch every now and then all of a sudden jim bob goes to work at i don't know naughty dog all of a sudden Jim Bob like let's say I go to GDC meet up with Jim Bob Jim Bob's there with his naughty dog friends all of a sudden I'm acquainted with Jim Bob's friends oh, at probably. naughty dog so like yeah like even... and then those people can spread like I already know people at like I don't know 50 different studios now
0: big boy and it's on only campus. been like
1: what a it's been only like <laughs> what a year not even yeah. since I graduated no, it, it's
2: true especially it if you're staying on top of it um that's the thing, though. You have to stay on top of it. Like, if you're not in school, it's it's definitely yeah. way more challenging than if you're in school. Like, to get that first job, it's really tough if you don't yeah, know anymore. Sure.
0: Th- like, that's one thing I I definitely um, don't give school enough credit for because it's like I I know for a fact if I didn't go to school, I would be way way further behind, specifically because of the sort of like mindset that it sort of forces you into um because i sort of moved for school and if i was staying in my hometown just working i'd be goofing off way 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 more than yeah I exactly yeah <laughs> so it's like plot me down in a place where i don't know that many people and get to work um so that kind of worked out we are getting some questions in the chat though that i think are a bit more related to what yeah. we're talking about um so we did talk a little about small studio versus big studio environment. I'm curious to hear more about the pipeline though, because with our pipeline, we're very much, like you said before, like you have a specific task, you get that one part of the task done, you hand it off to someone to sort of clean it up or finish it off or whatever. Um, in a smaller studio, is it more like you're responsible for the entire thing? Like, or at what point do you hand an
2: asset or environment off to someone else? I think it depends on the studio and how many people you have there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's really kind of impossible to say like that every studio is so different in the way they do things especially the smaller ones like uh, maybe at the bigger ones the pipeline's similar but at the smaller studio it's so different that you can't really say for me for my experience that the last studio i worked at before this one was a smaller studio and yeah i was i was the environment artist and i, I had to do literally every aspect of the environment without any help really um so, you're going to have times like that and then sometimes you're going to have let's say you have 3 environment artists so now you guys can kind of share the work and you know give this guy who is stronger at say making foliage mm-hmm. uh that task and maybe you're stronger at making uh hard surface stuff so you'll do that or this guy is really good at set dressing and level art so you'll h- give him that so it really it really depends on the studio
0: okay so then i guess that's perfect cuz i have a question for both of you, I, I guess this sort of works for both of you. Um, Cause like at the start of the podcast, I kind of asked like, who would this work for? And like, what's the benefit of working in a small versus big studio? And one of the things you said was more responsibility, like, like you get to sort of contribute more and you have more sane things, but could that also like, I'm sure there's been times where having that much responsibility is like terrifying like oh, if it's, you're, def-
2: it's definitely stressful, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like, oh. like
0: when <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah, in charge of the whole asset or the whole environment, like how does that work? Because I, I have almost no experience with that. Um, and I can just sort of think about like there's times where you're working on your own personal work and you're like, oh shit, I need to look up a tutorial on this or like ask people in forums. And it's like if I knew that I was being paid for that time, I would feel terrible. <laughs> so like how do, you, how do you handle that? Like what... <laughs> Is that yeah, expected? it's definitely
2: stressful. It, it's it, what you brought up is kind of perfect for that. It's like um, it's kind of like you're making working on a portfolio piece, like you're not going to know how to do everything. And I think it's unfair for the studio. If you, let's say you're the only artist for them mm-hmm. to expect you to know how to do everything, so yeah. I think they're usually pretty understanding with that. So like, sure, you you can definitely look things up. And if you're not if you're unsure how to do it or um. Yeah, but it's definitely absolutely stressful sometimes. Yeah, in my experience, yeah. anyway. What's That's great like... about
1: small studios, though, is that like you're put in those situations <laughs> and you have to adapt and you have to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, let's say, like I can't really speak for big studio, but like at a small studio, you have your asset or like your environment or whatever you're working on, and then all of a sudden you hit a roadblock that. Normally, people at a big studio wouldn't have to overcome because it's something like so specialized. Right. But you have to learn it yourself because there's no one that specialized at your studio.
0: Yeah. And you can't even go. Well, I guess in a lot of cases, you can't really go on Discord and message your buddies in like the Dynasty chat because it's NDA. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You can't just send a screenshot over. It's not going to fly. Yeah, Um, exactly. Yeah. In my experience, like, of course, I think that's kind of just. Like a universal trait of people who work in the games industry is having to be flexible, but um, at least for me, like the biggest hurdle I've had to go over recently is learning 3ds Max. Like I've always modeled in Maya, um, but the benefit of that is like I'm sitting in a little group of people who've been using Max for like five, ten years. If I have any question, I just tap them on the shoulder or message them in a the chat, um, which I guess is kind of like a luxury compared to that. Yeah.
2: I definitely. That's definitely the, one of the reasons why I uh, prefer working at a bigger studio is just you have that convenience to learn something <laughs> whenever you want. Really, you just tap someone on the shoulder, like, "Hey, can you show me how to do this?" Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. That's like that's something that's an that's something that I don't think you can ever get at a small studio unless it's not really that small.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's there's been so many times that I just wish I could could have gone up to like i don't know some really amazing artist and been like hey can you show me how to do this <laughs> but well, instead i mean, i like spend hours on the internet trying yeah to it.
0: well how many people are at your your studio right now as far as art goes Ryan?
1: Uh, i believe we have five artists okay yeah five artists uh we, we have really talented artists for the size of the studio mm-hmm. but obviously no one's the best artist so yeah. like not everyone knows everything and so there's also... always things that are like i am not able to figure out from my coworkers. workers
0: mm-hmm. i also find that when it's a smaller group like this was me my first couple of weeks it's like when it's a smaller group of people around you you don't want to keep asking them questions because you're just like
1: oh yeah they're just gonna <laughs> be like to is be this guy that, yeah. useless
0: like can he not figure it out holy shit
1: i feel that way a lot honestly i, I, I think so most people bad. i think that's
2: just like a, a something you use kind of hard on yourself for like i'm sure a lot of people would understand like if they knew for example let's use you just learning uh, 3ds max if they knew you you don't really use it i think mm. they'd be pretty understanding unless they're an asshole
0: oh I know but even I mean like my first week or two where it's like I didn't know like anything and there's some things like <laughs> like say well at this point you guys are all familiar with your workload uh like how you submit things and all of that but a lot of these systems are like tailor-made or hyper specific to the workflow you do yeah but if you use them day in and day out you don't realize how how alien that can be to people on the outside so I was like asking questions like every 10 minutes I'm just like I feel so bad for the yeah, people around yeah. me <laughs>
1: yeah like i would be asking questions and then like i i would call my lead over because he sits right beside me i'd call him over like i don't know 10 times a day maybe Mm -hmm. like obviously some of the times it's just lead stuff like hey do you approve of this but like a lot of the time as well it's like how would i do that and i feel like he thinks i'm an idiot sometimes that's his job right it's his job not all not
2: only to oversee the hey can you approve this but also to like help you become a better artist
1: yeah and that's that's what i'm really thankful for like my lead's really really uh he's a great artist and yeah he's he doesn't call me out for being an idiot sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good
0: though you need to sort of have that reinforcement um, if it's not going to be from like a larger community of people around you telling you to sort of like improve this or that, at least having one solid lead is is good. I guess yeah, exactly. it all kind of boils down to like if you're in a smaller studio, each person's role packs way more of a punch. So you sort of it's it's almost odd in the sense where it's like you have to be more qualified because um, you're taking on so
2: much more responsibility.
1: Yeah, like, definitely lead needs forces to know you what to what talking about. It Forces you to
2: learn how to grow on your own in a smaller studio, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Especially, like, some of them, you're not going to have an art lead to, like, kind of help you out. Like, at my last studio, we had, like, two artists, and there was no lead. There was no lead artist or anything. So oh my. <laughs> you kind of have to be your own critic and then kind of ask everyone in the studio, like, hey, what do you think of this? Or, hey, what can be improved? Even the programmers, way, like, even if they're not an artist, you just you have to just kind of bug everyone to give you feedback and things like that so Hmm. those those are definitely sometimes you're going to have that if you plan on working in a smaller studio interesting
0: i um i guess when you sort of break it down and you look at it it's kind of like a three-way like trifecta of there's there's contract work that you can do full-time or like remote work i'd lump in there there's small studios and there's large studios um is it pretty safe to say that it's like something you should experience like all three of them should be at least sort of tested at some point.
2: Does
0: Sorry, what? Well, not really. <laughs> 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 I'm all over the place. Can I you just, yeah. just rephrase that? <laughs> yes. There's three types of sort of ways that you can work as a 3D artist, right? You can either be yeah. in a larger studio, sort of with your specific role. You can be in a yeah. smaller studio where you're essentially working on a smaller project with a lot of more responsibility, and then the third option is working remotely or contract. And each of yeah, these things yeah. have major learning opportunities to
2: offer, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I is, think, is it I feel like assume... the bigger studio, I don't know, that's just me because I've already experienced the, the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think working at a bigger studio is just like, it, it's tremendous. Like, it, you learn so much. Like, I've learned more in the past two months than I've learned in like a year just working at a bigger studio. And I can confidently say that how so like, just, just how the industry works, like pipeline wise, like how to do things in a more optimized way. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's different. It's definitely different. And, um, like I said before, you have so many more people to like ask advice for or poke around, you just, you learn so much. It's crazy.
0: Interesting. I honestly thought it would be the opposite. I thought it would be, not that you wouldn't learn a lot in AAA or anything like that, but I thought but when you're sort of tackling everything on your own, it would force you to, to sort of like grow. You do
2: learn, but sometimes you don't learn the right way, if that makes sense. Okay. Like you're kind of just trying to get it done. So you don't learn how to do things like super optimized maybe, or I, I, anyway, that's my experience. Like I'm I'm sure it's different for everyone else, but for me, working at a bigger studio has definitely I've definitely improved. Hmm.
0: Okay, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, I can see that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we do actually
0: have a question from Twitter. I'm gonna I'm gonna reword it a little bit because I think the original question we all can kind of answer in the exact same way. So the original question um, from a guy named Fuzzball says: Should a character artist know how to model vehicles, etc., and should that be on their portfolio? Obviously, that's a like a character artist, yeah. If you're a character artist, you should focus on characters. Absolutely, um, yeah. that, that's it's pretty, yeah. And like, I wanted to sort of reword this and say if you're applying for a smaller studio, a smaller indie studio, is it more valuable to show a specific skill set, or is it more valuable to show that
2: you're flexible? Um, I think. I think you should specialize in something if you're, in a, if you're, if you're applying for a smaller studio, you mm-hmm. should specialize in something and show that you can do other things, maybe not as well, but you should always show a specialization. I think that that packs a, that's, I think that's better in my opinion, like even at a smaller studio, like unless it's super small, they probably won't expect you to do like the characters, the environments, the effects, like whatever else are the animation. So like, if you can show that you can specialize in, in one of those areas, but you want to do other things too, you can kind of show that, hey, I know how to animate, even though I'm a character artist, like things that things that correlate together. Like they don't expect to they shouldn't expect uh, an environment artist to know how to animate characters. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. No, what you're saying makes sense. Sorry, I'm just distracted because I think a lot of your friends are... Asking you something in this chat, uh, I don't really get the <laughs> reference at all. I, I get it. Um, Ryan, is it? Can we talk about this? Is this okay?
1: It's a, uh, it's Runescape.
2: Uh, oh my god!
1: They, they I'm not reading know. the chat,
2: so I don't know what they're saying.
1: Okay. Normally we don't really segue from this kind of stuff, but yeah, um, I will quote them directly. Yo, forget all this. Ask him about his OSRS character, Elf Mage.
2: Oh my God! And they Elf linked
1: they linked dot com slash slash ElvMage. Mage.
0: Go um... ahead, Summer. What are they talking <laughs> about? Mean, Can you
1: explain <laughs> this to yeah, me? Yeah, I
2: mean, I used to you make YouTube election. videos and and play RuneScape, so they're referring to that.
0: You used to make gameplay commentaries too.
2: No, not commentary it would be like. You know, like those PvP videos where you just, you're like killing people and uh, there's music in the background, like a montage? Yeah.
1: See, Somar, when we when we ask you about your backstory...
2: Yeah, you gotta give us this all is, the this details. Is
1: the, these are the deets that we need these to These are know. the deets?
0: Yeah, you could have been like, I've always been creative, you know, since the days
2: of my RuneScape <laughs> like commentaries or
0: montages or whatever you want to call them.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I used to I used to play RuneScape a lot when I was young and... I used to make videos. It was fun. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and now you just play WoW. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've matured. Yeah, actually, I did play RuneScape a lot last year. I I re my my passion for it re, uh, got rekindled when me and some of my friends decided to play. So it was mm. really fun. Um, yeah, RuneScape's a great game. Check it out. Cool. I was always more of like
0: a Club Penguin kind of guy, but
2: Yo, Club Club Penguin was great too. But I think they got shut down. It shut
0: down on my birthday. Did it that really? Was like that is salt the to the wound right ever. there.
1: It was <laughs> sad. <laughs> <clears throat> how, many, God, how many how many accounts thing. did you guys get banned in Club Penguin? I day? never got banned, man. Yeah, I, don't I don't think had not I like...
0: ever
2: got banned.
1: Really? I'm pretty sure you could get banned for literally like the easiest thing, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 I have friends who have been banned. (laughs) (laughs) I I was the little kid that would play Club Penguin, and I'd just like find a swear word, and I'd just say it. Like, I'd say shit, and then I'd get banned instantly. It's pretty bad. So I I would make I would I have like a hundred Gmail accounts (laughs) with just random Club Penguin accounts, and I I have them all banned.
0: Is that your origin story? You that's my origin story. Penguin?
1: That is what turned me into the artist I am today.
0: Well, I mean, that's also kind of a cool topic to talk about, is kind of like everyone at some point probably had a game where they were just like blown away by how it looked, and that's why they wanted to sort of dive into it.
1: Club Penguin had the best graphics.
0: Mine was probably RuneScape, to be honest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> RuneScape did blow me away, and actually, that. That made me really love like MMOs in general. And it's Mm -hmm. always been a dream of mine to work on an MMO someday. So hopefully that that
1: (laughs) actually comes. We have another question. To like change the topic away from video games. (laughs) We have an actual question. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um I I'm not gonna word it the same way, but someone (laughs) in the stream chat asked what the difference is. Well, I'm rewording it, so it's not exactly what he said. But it, like, what would you say the difference between trim usage in AAA compared to small studio, and also like using uh, I don't know floating geo normals or something? Like
2: optimization like that? in general?
1: Yeah, like yeah, they probably like, do it more in, in bigger studios,
2: but it depend. It really depends on the studio. You can't really say every studio, like I said before, has a different pipeline. So. Um, I'm sure most studios use all those methods, but maybe differently.
0: I like, I actually deal with this, like pretty much all day, every day. Um, so I would, I would actually like to dive into this one a bit. I found that, um, like what you were saying before, somewhere about learning a, a ton in AAA, like when I actually break it down, I totally agree. Because one of the things that I never really did until I started working here, um, was sort of having a texture and then modeling around that texture rather than modeling and giving it a texture. Uh, And sort of doing that reverse method was never something I was really shown, but it's way more optimized. Yeah, you definitely don't
2: learn that in school, at least when I was in school. Maybe they teach it now, but Uh, it's definitely not something you learn until you start working. like
0: we totally skipped over it, and it's just like having a good trim or having a good texture and modeling around it's so good. Like even... Something as like I could not wrap my head around for the longest time was like say you have like a wall with like bricks sticking out of it and it's like crumbling and the bricks are like slowly falling out. It's like oh how do you texture that because part of it is a tiling texture, and then it seamlessly transitions into bricks popping out. It's like you get the texture and then you model around it, um, which is just so so foreign, but it's also way more optimized at the same time. So yeah, in AAA it is it's like the only way it can function is if it's it's like hyper-optimized.
1: Well, it's because AAA's got years and years of experience of making things like the right way. Well, sorry, in air quotes, the right way. It's mm-hmm. like, obviously some people believe that there's other ways that are more proper, but like this studio, like let's say randomly, I don't know, EA, EA's been making games for a really long time and they've had a really long time to figure out their favorite way and the most efficient way for them to make games.
0: Well, I mean, they should probably change it up. <laughs> yeah, well, How's like been working out for <laughs>
1: well, <somewhere>? ob- <laughs>
2: I think he means in terms of art. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't know. Star Wars was
1: good, so uh, <laughs> that's I don't true. I saying. heard a lot of great things about yeah. the
2: Star Wars game. Yeah.
1: yeah. Anyway, anyways, yeah. So, but in comparison, like a small studio, usually small studios aren't around for that long. Mm -hmm. Right. They're usually fresh, like, I don't know, they've been around for no more than maybe five years or so. And they don't have that much time to develop that kind of uh, workflow.
0: But the catch is they also have so much more flexibility to change things because we have some things that are just like so hardwired into our workflow that we can't change it at least definitely not mid project or anything like that. And it's like, it could be better, but it's just how we've always done something. So that's how we're going to keep doing it.
2: Yeah, that definitely does happen. But I think just, they try they try to keep it optimized. Like that's the number one thing at working at a, on a triple A game is just, that's what they care about the most really. Like it's just to keep things working properly. Did you ever at your last studio just have like a big pipeline change in the middle of production? Mm. well we we worked on we were using an engine called amazon lumberyard (laughs) and that that engine is not really it's not finished like they're still working on it um but we were using it like to the best of its ability i would say and there were a lot of things that would just change in the middle of production and you just had to kind of do things differently just because they decided hey like we're going to we're going to change the UI and, and change the way how uh, the the way you import things or whatever the the case. But yeah, there's <laughs> definitely there's definitely a lot of changes mid production that kind of sucked. But I mean, it's just the name of the game, especially if you're in a smaller studio.
0: It's interesting. I know that most people, if they're using like Unreal Engine or something, if they start on version four point twelve, like that's it. Like, we're on version four point twelve. Yeah, that's it's really hard that. to just
2: change. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, that's true. Um another great point that I'm seeing from the stream is that like with the recent news of Unreal like acquiring Quixel, mm-hmm. you have play uh, sorry no, like, you've got small studios who can more easily switch to I don't know, let's say they were originally in Unity. It's easier for them to switch to Unreal for the next project than let's say a big studio. And like kinda in the future, these small studios will have it a lot easier using quick giant library. Right? Mm
2: -hmm. The thing that scares me with that though is like a lot of the games will look the same. That is true. (laughs) That does happen. And that definitely will happen.
1: What I'm seeing a lot with like small studios usually well actually not usually, let's say like the ones that actually get mainstream in terms of the games, in terms of popularity, it's usually kind of like the ones with their own style anyways. Yeah. Because you could also argue
0: like every low-poly game looks the exact
1: same. Yeah. Think of the most popular indie games from recently, right? They all kind of have their own unique style. You see it, and you're like, okay, that's it. That's that, right?
0: Mm. I also think the argument's kind of... It's difficult because this kind of weaves into the same conversation of like, oh, since photo scanning is an option, isn't every um, like stylized game going to sort of cease to exist? It's like, no, like just because we have certain technology doesn't necessarily mean it's going to extinguish other options. Like People are still going to want to look different and have their own vibe to it. That's Even true, photorealistic yeah. things are going to look night and day to something else that's photorealistic. Um, yeah. If they all look the same, it's just it boils down to bad art design or bad art direction in general. Yeah,
1: and that game won't see the light of day, pretty much. I mean, if it's gonna actually. My... That's right. The game, the game could have some good quality. Like, yeah, I mean, good, the, the like, art, the art design. in games
2: is good, but there's a lot of games with great art that don't play very well. In that is true. Versus, uh, like going back to Runescape, you know, the game doesn't look that great, <laughs> but the, game, the the mechanics of that game are really addicting and fun.
1: Let's be honest though. Did Runescape really look that bad back whenever it first launched?
2: Uh, back when it first launched, no.
1: Yeah, but they just kind of didn't. They just <laughs> stayed with it, you know. Like, but yeah. it's still such
2: a fun game. Like even though it, it doesn't look like all the AAA games look now, it's just it's it's more about the gameplay and less about the the That's art. That's true. And it's it's the same thing with Smash. You know, like a lot of people play mm-hmm. these old Smash games and. They don't look that great compared to games now, but the mechanics of the game are just so awesome that people don't care about the way it looks.
1: Yeah, that is true.
2: Yeah, I really hope we never get to a point where
0: it's just like, oh, you know, it looks good, whatever. Sacrifice the (laughs) gameplay. Um, Because we're pretty much already there, like, like, let's be real, with the next console generation potentially being the last, as a lot of the rumors are saying. It's just like, well... We've hit it. We we've gotten to the point where we can make it look as good as we want. So let's actually turn it around and make the gameplay more fun. I honestly I can't, find stylized I can't games. Yeah, I I know yeah. what you're saying.
1: It's just no. <laughs> I don't. I refuse to believe that it's the last generation.
0: No, I don't think so either. Unless the only way it would work is if like that Stadia style. Sort of fully took over, but we're not there. Like the internet is just not good oh, enough
1: yet. Oh right, yeah. If that thing happens, that could we're getting be getting there. I mean, though I, I could actually believe it. Yeah, like, but how long, how it, long it's did last it last?
2: Like, how long generation? have have the the current gen consoles been out? Almost eight years, I think, seven or eight. Yeah. So let's say they release the next gen, and it lasts eight years. I think after that, we'll probably have internet will be good. Internet, <laughs> yeah. Internet will be better, and I think. <laughs>
0: It's hard to say, because we already have good internet. It's just that... It's just not available to everyone. Yeah, yeah.
2: and it's too expensive. It's just like, But, you know, in eight years, you never know. That's and, true. You know, I honestly think I accessible. wouldn't be...
0: Like, this sort of push for games could potentially even be enough to sort of, like, push that over the edge. Um, yeah. But it's hard to say. Who knows?
1: Actually, uh, yeah, I think it'd be really cool to see, like, how everything changes in that sense, like whenever uh, these new consoles that are coming out, like how long do you guys think they'll last?
0: Well, yeah, every generation is about eight years.
1: Were they all like eight years, all, every generation? More I don't know
0: too much about like pre PS3, but PS3 was about eight years, and so was the PS4. So I, okay. I, I imagine so.
2: I don't know. I feel like even if long. it's five years, like technology changes so rapidly that that's true it's still feasible that in five years we won't need consoles anymore but you never know i don't like that i like physical stuff i like having an
0: actual device and something well maybe they'll to, come but... out
2: with a device that lets you stream stadia stuff to your uh, uh tv or something you never know
1: you can you can stream your stadia stuff to your tv
2: yeah
0: like oh the they go, that already but... exists yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah i actually uh I ordered the Premiere Edition. Mine comes this week, actually. I can probably let I've you guys heard, know how oh, I feel about it. I was just
0: watching reviews on it, man. Good luck. I mean, like, it just, right now, at least, well, I think it's pre, like, super early on. Is it officially out yet?
1: It is officially out, yes. it's okay. It's kind of like a beta test, and actually, the people who reviewed it,
0: mm-hmm. like,
1: Washington Post, it, I mean, their review... I don't take that with, like, any seriousness because I don't think they're owned by Amazon, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazon reviewing a Google product.
0: Well, Amazon's working on their own sort of solution to that yeah, as well, Yeah, also they? that, right? Yeah.
1: Like, Digital Foundry I've always gone to for these very, like, techie questions. Yeah. And they're very unbiased. And I watched their recent review of it, and it's pretty good. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. Like, for the hardcore gamer, if you want to be playing a game with, like, no lag whatsoever, obviously console's better. Mm-hmm. But this is like, let's say you want to play... I mean, I know I'm going to play, let's say, Tomb Raider on your work PC without de- installing Tomb Raider on your work PC.
2: Yeah, uh, I think On your lunch break. <laughs> I'm going to say on your lunch break.
1: <laughs> yeah. You to pull it out during productionism. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. At like, this point, it's only...
0: It it's only viable for um, single-player experiences.
1: And also, no like, one... recently, people have been saying that there's, like... They've been playing Destiny, and there have... Everyone I've spoken to that has it, they've mm-hmm. had little to no issues.
0: That's weird, because I... Like, this morning, I watched Game Ranks. Like, they're, they're sort of, like, my go-to review people. And they were saying, like, they tested it on a bunch of different Wi-Fi speeds, and, like, it was just so inconsistent.
1: Yeah, it's maybe they did it because i heard like a lot of the reviews before release they were garbage mm-hmm. but ever all the people that have reviewed after release they're saying it's good so maybe like something changed in the in between those times because release was i think monday
0: yeah i like i want it to be good i hope it's good yeah if we could push towards that and i don't have to buy a new graphics card every couple years <laughs> yeah you know, that'd be yeah. nice
1: and and also have to like upgrade your storage or like remove games that you don't want to remove from your library
0: yeah i also think it is just kind of scary in general though because it's not going to cover everything there's still going to be exclusives on certain consoles and then it's like there's already so many things to subscribe to and it's for sure it's too much man nintendo's never going to jump onto that They don't know how online even works. (laughs) How am I gonna play Pokemon? (laughs) Or Smash Bros or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's like that that's always gonna be held back and then if the other consoles do it, they're gonna have their own exclusive stuff going on, and then there's Netflix and Crunchyroll and Disney Plus and like there's just too much stuff to subscribe to, man. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Anyways. We're kinda getting a bit off topic Uh when it comes to like I love can't, being can't off be topic. Helped, like I love helped. having these conversations, but <laughs> yeah, this is a game art <laughs> discussion. Exactly. <laughs>
0: somewhere,
2: um, yes. Tell us about game art. Uh, okay. You make games, <laughs> and you make them look pretty, and yeah, that's game art. Is that
1: what you do oh, somewhere? Do you make games yeah. look pretty? Is that is that yes. what your job is? that, that is what I do, evil, That honestly. is my job. <laughs> Yeah. Actually, uh, I see a good question. Uh, what happens to the employees after production is done for a game in a small studio versus a big Ooh, studio?
2: That's actually a really good that's, question. Yeah,
1: that's a hard-hitting one.
2: I guess it depends what happens to the game. For a smaller studio, like that's your livelihood, right? Yeah. But at yeah. a bigger studio, there's a little more leeway, unless that studio is going broke, and then they'll there'll probably be layoffs. But if you're in a studio that doesn't usually lay people off, I guess. You just work on the next project that's true like at our company
0: now like they're really the reason people really like it is because they cycle people in like in and out like there's always work to be done because um, there's so many projects to go through yeah um but at a small studio it it's fuzzy because it's different for every country as well like i know in canada like there's enough um public funding from the government that can keep you afloat um and i was just reading in germany as well apparently they're doing like several tens of millions of dollars funneled into um specifically game art not even just art or not game art but the gaming industry rather than just the art industry so it's like some countries like if you're a new studio like they'll take care of you um but it's definitely way riskier than if you're in a larger studio
1: yeah that's for sure
0: yeah it's a good question though
1: yeah hmm So, actually, I have a question for myself here. Uh, so, we know you've been to a few different studios, right? Yeah. Is there a specific studio, like, transition between one studio that was, like, difficult for you? Honestly. Let's say, it, let's say from studio one to two? Or, like, was it difficult? Or, like.
2: It depends. I think the thing the worst thing about that is just um like if you have to move like for example my previous studio i had to move to another city and then when i got this job i had to move back to toronto so it's like i guess that's the hardest part is just moving city to city yeah Uh, i guess another thing is just getting uh getting used to the pipeline of this new studio like you know, I'm doing things that I hadn't done before. or uh, I'm doing things in a way that I hadn't done them before. And that, you know, that usually takes some time to get used to it. So I guess that's the hardest part of transitioning, I would say.
1: There was no, mm-hmm. like, different, like, vastly different cultures that you had to adjust to, or?
2: Um. Yeah, but I feel like, I mean, for me anyway, it's not, it's not hard to get adjusted to some cultures. Like, in my experience, it's just... Don't be an asshole and you'll be okay.
0: Yeah. Well, when okay. you first came in, I, all I could think about was like, "Damn, this guy adjusted way faster than I did."
1: Dylan, <laughs> it's because he's not an asshole. That's true. <laughs> that's so true. He, he just know, said that's it not himself. what I meant, but... <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah, like you just—I don't know—I've always ha- had like had an easy time adjusting to different cultures, I guess, or yeah like it's not for me, it's not that hard, so I guess I can't really say or I can't really give much advice on it
1: yeah.
0: okay I, mean, I have I'll go ahead Ryan.
1: no, I was just gonna say that was a good answer,
0: okay, I was just gonna say I kind of have one oh, you got a new follower, nice I um had a question, and then I think we' probably start to wind this down a little bit, but for people on the outside who haven't worked in games whatsoever, would you recommend for them to start indie? in transition into AAA or do you think if their final goal happens to be
2: AAA to just focus on that and just go for that directly? Honestly, I think you should just take what you can get and get as much experience as you can. I don't think people in our industry kind of have the luxury unless they have a lot of experience to be picky about what kind of jobs they get. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a smart move to, um, you know, have a studio in your mind that you really want to work at and kind of tailor your your portfolio to that. But if you if you get a job at another studio that is not that studio, I think you should get it or take it rather. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, there's no like, oh, you should start here. Or you should start there. I think it's more like just take what you can get for at least the first year or two, just so you can get as much experience as you can. And then it becomes easier to find jobs after that because Like, it kind of sucks, but most studios don't really want to hire students. They want people with experience. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, where we work at, it's really great. They give students a lot of opportunity, but it's not like that at every studio. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's internships and things like that, but if you want to be like a, you know, like a full-time professional game artist or whatever, I think you just take what you can get in the beginning and just build that experience. And the more the more you the more jobs you do or the more different projects you work on, the easier I guess it would be to transition from studio to studio like maybe that's why for me it's it's easier to get adjusted to the cultures because I've just I've transitioned so much mm-hmm. um, and it also builds your social skills, which is a huge part of <laughs> working in games like uh, you don't really learn that in school, right like you don't they don't really yeah. there's no class about how to how to be at a, at like how to be a professional or how to you know when is a good time to make a joke or whatever but oh totally those, like are, those are the skills. things you learn like i've worked i don't want to be an asshole but i've worked with a lot of people who just don't have any social skills yeah
0: well it's weird it's a weird industry where it's almost like a lot of those people are drawn towards it
1: yeah because like, like
0: if a... you're naturally on a computer all day like you're gonna find those people for sure
2: yeah so i think it's, it's... really good to You know, learn those social skills and like put yourself out (laughs) there and put yourself in in situations where you have to be social. Oh, you can work on your portfolio all day and you know, be a great artist, but at the end of the day, if you're like an unpleasant person to be around, Mm -hmm. you're gonna have a hard time keeping a job. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's really weird because like everyone that works in games is a nerd, like, let's be honest, we're all nerds. We all tend to prefer to, like, well, it's not all, but a lot of us tend to prefer just to, like, sit at home play video games, right?
2: Yeah, for sure. Because
1: that's why we're in games. Mm. But at the end of the day, you have to, like, it's one of the most social jobs you can...
2: Oh, absolutely. I I feel like it's one yeah, it's definitely, like, up there in the top social jobs. Like, you have to really put yourself out there, especially to just... just even get a job
0: yeah and even like for our pipelines specifically like we're both in the middle of things we're handing it off we're getting stuff from other people and there's no right or wrong answer to anything so it's like how do you get people on both ends of the pipeline to be as happy as possible when there's no like black or white correct way to do things it's uh do you definitely need to have yeah you exactly you need some (laughs) sort of social skills um Those soft skills are definitely something that need to be a bit more highlighted for sure.
2: Huge. Yeah. They're really huge. Hmm. So yeah. Get out of here. Nerds.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Skedaddle. And
2: (laughs) And it's actually, you know, quiet, but it's not okay to be an asshole.
0: Oh, totally. I'm just joking around. Like I'm pretty (laughs) awkward. Like a lot of the time, and definitely prefer to stay on the computer when I can but I was just memeing um yesterday because we're doing a secret Santa between a couple of like people um on our floor at work and I drew out of a hat someone's name like I've I've never even heard of the guy I've never met him before but I can just like have a I loose idea them, you know yeah I'm like I have a loose idea as to what they're like they probably like video games and they probably <laughs> like stuff to do with computers I don't know like there's definitely some overlapping traits.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of stuff social, going on outside. that side. I think kids. you can hear it. It's good to make friends.
1: Yep.
0: Hmm. All right, man. Does anyone else have anything to add last minute? We're just about to hit one hour.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow. All these uh, podcasts always feel like they're going a lot shorter than you'd think. I know. Right? Yeah, it yeah. feels
2: like 20 minutes. Uh, it felt pretty... Pretty fast, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's almost as if like it's almost I don't as know, if we're having fun. Yeah, it's, al- it's almost <laughs> as if we're using our social skills.
2: Ah, see? there you go. Huh? It comes around full circle.
0: <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I guess if uh, no one else has any last-minute questions in the chat, like I know I see one from Mo asking if small studios use Houdini. Um, I'm gonna guess that your really studio wasn't depends. using. Houdini. <laughs>
2: really depends.
1: Yeah, mine... yeah probably doesn't even know who Dini is let's be honest
0: exactly it, it's, <laughs> it's super specific to the project um, yeah but who knows maybe in the future it's going to be more yeah maybe common i don't i don't know it totally depends on what you're doing that's such a broad question
1: yeah um,
0: but yeah if, if we're wrapping things up then uh thanks to both you guys for sitting down and chatting uh thanks for everyone in the stream for coming to talk um, if you're watching on YouTube or Spotify or any of that stuff, thanks for tuning in. Um, you can always leave a comment on the YouTube channel or tweet me or any questions like that. I will love to go over them.
1: Yeah, you can definitely tune into the stream because today we had a lot of people asking questions in the stream chat. And I'm sure you guys heard, oh yeah, Blah Blah from the stream has a question. We said that yeah. a lot today. It's... Lots of RuneScape. Yeah, if you want, if you have a question for a specific guest that we have, we usually announce our guests ahead of time. If you have a question for that guest, make sure to tune in for the stream, and we'll get your question in there, as long as it's not like a bad question, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> cool. But yeah, anyways, but yeah.
0: thanks everyone for tuning in. Um...
1: Any shout outs there uh, somewhere? Uh, I just like to shout out
2: uh, the Pixel Pusher podcast pretty great oh, uh, my my That's... boy tie-dye over here has a cool channel <laughs> where he <laughs> makes tutorials and teaches you things so definitely check that out smash that like button
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i guess right now i don't really have any shout outs just because i'm i'm so you don't want to thank like, your mom oh yeah <laughs> thanks mom actually my mom has been super supportive through uh working in this industry you know sometimes it's hard to find work but that's uh,
0: true it's great yeah so thanks, no man. no parents really want thank to hear i'm gonna work in video games yeah. and art yep. two least stable jobs <laughs> yeah but
1: thank <laughs> no, you so much mom
0: thanks, thanks so much mom. mom and on that note we're gonna end off episode five thank you guys for tuning in and we'll catch you uh whenever the next one's out shouldn't be as long as the last break so cool Bye. Bye, everyone. See you.